Hey, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. This is show number 96. My guest today is a repeat. Mimi Kirk started experiencing health problems when she turned 69. And 69, it's, that's, you know, you start declining in health. You start taking your pills. You sell the, the luggage and you take up Sudoku. And that's not what Mimi did. She took matters into her own hands, specifically around diet. She adopted a raw vegan diet and started juicing like crazy. And today we're going to talk about her book, The Ultimate Book of Modern Juicing, more than 200 fresh recipes to cleanse, cure, and keep you healthy. And I know what you might be thinking, because there's a lot of controversy in the health community, in the plant-based community, even in the vegan community about juicing. I hear things like, well, you, you lose the fiber. The fiber is really important. You take in too many calories too quickly. It's, you drink a lot more than you would eat. Uh, juicing is like heroic and unsustainable. People go out, buy expensive juicers, do it for three weeks, and then it's too much of a pain in the butt to clean and to store all the produce, and they give up, and they don't actually eat a healthy diet ongoing. And also, it's, it's really expensive. So the truth is, there's actually very little clear scientific evidence about the effects of juicing. It's not like millions of people are doing it, and we have studied them for 20 years to see whether it helps or not. Uh, there are certainly biomarkers that, you know, there can be blood sugar spikes, especially if you're doing lots of uh, fruit juices or sweet vegetable juices like beets and carrots. Um, but there's very little evidence to suggest that it's either extremely good for us or extremely harmful. And by that, I mean sort of scientific studies. And the truth is, I know a lot of people who juice, who do it uh, consistently, and most of them are in really good health. And you can say, well, that's just uh, anecdotal. And it could be correlation, not causation, that the people who juice may also be really healthy in other ways. And to that, I say absolutely true, but who the hell cares? So... Given that a lot of people juice, a lot of people are raw vegan, and the ones who stick with it seem to be doing very well, maybe there's a certain percentage of the population, that, and maybe it's related to where you live. If you live in warmer climates, it might be easier. But maybe for some people, raw vegan lifestyle and lots of juicing is just what the plant-based doctor ordered. And if you find it's not, then you shouldn't do it. So with that introduction... Uh, I'd like to introduce you to Mimi Kirk, and we'll have a long and uh, hopefully very useful conversation about the ins and outs and whys and why nots of juicing and also of blended smoothies. So without any further ado, Mimi Kirk, welcome back to the Plant Yourself podcast. Thank you. So we had a great conversation uh, about a year ago that I just I, I re-listened to and got re-energized by, and um, you know people can go and, and follow the link and listen to that. But today I want to talk about your your new book, this this gorgeous, heavy, um, you know, glossy hardcover. Hardcover. <laughs> is this your first hardcover? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very Great. exciting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so this this book has more fiber in it than any of your other books. It does. <laughs> um, In lots of ways. <laughs> and it's called The Ultimate Book of Modern Juicing, More Than 200 Fresh Recipes to Cleanse, Cure, and Keep You Healthy. But for people who just, well, let's, let's sort of jump in. Um, you had been eating well for 
for many years, you, I guess you'd been a vegetarian for a while, and then you described your diet in your 60s as sort of fresh food, no junk food, you know, taking care of yourself to the best of, of what you knew. And then at the age of 69, you had a medical wake-up call. You talk, just to bring us in, bring us back up to date to, uh, to what happened in that year. Well, um, I'll, I'll start a little before because I've been a vegetarian or vegan for the better part of 40 years. And then in my 60s, when I met my current boyfriend, we've been together 13 years now, he ate everything. And my mother always said to me, to a man's heart is through his stomach. So I started cooking everything for him. And of course, started eating things that I didn't eat for a long time. And a few years into that, uh, I went to my doctors and found out my blood pressure and cholesterol was high. Well, that happens to run in my family. So the doctor handed me a prescription, and it was a real wake-up call because my family's got cancer and diabetes and Parkinson's and a host of of uh, illnesses that they that they had in their lifetime. And I saw the handwriting on the wall, and it really woke me up to say, what direction do I want to go in? So I started researching to figure out what can I do not to take these prescriptions because I really feel once you start, it's kind of a downhill path, one leads to two, two leads to four, and before you know it, like one of my sisters, before she passed away, she was on 15 medications. And so that kind of told me I had to do something serious. And the first thing I did um, was I learned, I I used to juice, but not like we do today. It was just a small, you know, little four-ounce glass of something. And the juicers in the the early days were very hard to clean, so, you know, go underneath the cabinet for a while, and Hmm. you wouldn't take it out until maybe you didn't feel good, and then you'd pull that juicer out again. But today, of course, the juicers are easy and very quick, and they do a great job. So I started juicing for a week. I went on a juice cleanse, actually, and then I decided I I should be eating raw foods because I learned about that. This is important. This is something I should be doing for ultimate health. And um, I I wasn't thrilled because I love to cook. It didn't sound good to me, but I was willing to give it a try. And I'm really glad I did because it changed my health completely. Six months later, uh, my blood pressure was back to normal, never took any of the drugs. And so was my cholesterol back to normal. So I'm a a staunch believer in uh, food as medicine and that we need to really take care of ourselves as we age. We are just keep going. Uh, so I'm glad you mentioned the fact that the juicing um, in the past was kind of a pain because that's <laughs> that's something that I see um, that, that a lot of people will you know they'll they'll hear about the sort of the miracle of juicing. It'll feel like a a very powerful set of actions they can take. They don't really have to to learn how to cook. In, in, you know, right. they don't kind of, you know, I mean, your book is a, a treasure trove of recipes and, and guidance, but in some ways, juicing is easier than, than, than a lot of other kitchen skills. And yet I find that people will do it for a week or two and they treat it very heroically. Like, okay, I've done my juice fast. I've done my <laughs> juice cleanse. And then it goes back under the counter because of the, the issues with it. And what, what I like about your approach is that it's a uh, an approach for life. I really feel that, um, you know, it, it's showing now that food is medicine. I'm not the only one saying it. Even the naysayers know that food is important, things to leave off and things to eat. But we're told by those who do all these um, uh, tests and scientific proof, we need a pound and a half to two pounds of fruits and vegetables daily. 
and mainly the vegetables or what the dark leafy greens included into that vegetable. Not many people get that. And our, we have trillions of cells in our bodies, and they're not nourished on a daily basis if you're eating cooked food and, you're, and you've lost the enzymes from cooking your food, and you're not eating properly or chewing your food properly, then you're not getting those nutrients. And the only way you're going to get them really is from juicing. It's kind of a quick fix in a way. So it all goes back. I really think it all goes back to making a commitment to your health. If you don't have that and you put your business first, you make excuses, you know, that you're overloaded, you don't have time for it. If you put other things first, I really feel as you age, you will, uh, it will start to show up because you start to lose cells. They're not nourished, so they, they don't regenerate. They degenerate instead of regenerating as they're supposed to do. And once that starts to happen, it's a slippery slope. And, uh, you know, so many people you see, they say, oh, yeah, well, they're over 50 or it's age-related. It doesn't have to be age-related is what I'm saying. You can keep yourself very healthy for, for many, much of your later years. I'm saying, you know, I figure like a few days before I, I die, I'd probably say, I don't feel too good. I'm going to go lay down and then that's it. But I was great up until that last minute, you know. But you really do have to make a commitment to your health because you can't just take it for granted. Uh, we see what happens. We all know how long people are sitting in their later years in doctor's office. Or you, if you've been to a senior home, you see what people are going through. You see hundreds and hundreds of people on walkers way before their time. And I really feel that juicing can help slow down the aging process and prevent a lot of the illnesses that are out there today. I really believe it so wholeheartedly. And I feel I'm 76 now, and I feel I'm really living proof of this because I feel amazing. You know, I'm going to be on a trip. I'll be carrying my own luggage. I, I run around. I'm on cobblestone streets. I'm out all day. I'm busy constantly. And I have the energy of someone much, much younger than my years. Mm. So I'm a big juice advocate. Right. And it, about about this being a problem, yes, for some people it might be, but you have to figure out once you get used to it, it becomes a habit. Uh, a lot of people like to use their blender instead of a juicer, and if that's what you like to do, at least you're getting some of your fruits and vegetables in that way and some of your fiber. Um, so there's many ways you can do this, but honestly, if someone's been juicing with an old juicer, forget it. The new ones are not like that. They're very easy to clean and they work very quickly. And the 10 minutes you might spend on making a juice is so worth the good health that you're going to have. Really? Oh, so let's, let's, uh, let's toss, talk brass tacks for a second. I have one of the old Omega juicers. I guess it's called a masticating mm -hmm. juicer. Um, mm -hmm. I got I've had it for about 10 years. Would you say that's still state-of-the-art, or is there something that would make my life much easier? Well, I have an Omega 8006. It's a long, it's a, elongated. It's not upwards. That right. That's, long that's the same kind I have. Yeah, that happens to be a very good juicer. They've improved them. If you've had yours for 10 years, I've had mine for quite some time, but they've improved them. I have several juicers because um, a lot of people send me juicers so I can try them out because I put the juicers I believe in in my book, the ones I think are good. Um, I, I recommend some to people who I know will not mess with something. I tell them the easiest one to get. And I also tell them, you know, which ones uh, maybe are a little slower, the slow augers, but they're fantastic. So I use a, I use a variety of juicers. Um, I have one of the, the daddy of all juicers, which is a Norwalk juicer, which is a cold press juice. It grinds the fruits and vegetables, 
and then you put it in a cloth and then you cold press it. It's the best. They're very expensive. People who uh, go to the Gerson Institute, which is a cancer institute, that's the one they recommend for people, gets the highest nutrients from the juice. And I think that's what the new modern juices, uh, juicers have done. You're getting more nutrients. They're not heating. If you buy an inexpensive juicer, you you might not like it as well. It might be more difficult. So putting a mid-range to a better juicer, I always recommend buy the best that you can afford. And if you can't afford a juicer, uh, most people can get a blender. Uh, I don't think you get as much fruits and vegetables into the blender. That's why I like the juicer. It takes more. You're getting more of your daily requirements when you're juicing. But if all you can do and all you can afford is a blender, you don't have time for anything else, I highly recommend you do that. Three handfuls of spinach, some celery, a cucumber, an apple, some uh, coconut water or or purified water, and blend that up and drink that. Um, So there's always a way, once you make a commitment and you start focusing on your own health, and knowing that you want to live healthy as you age, that's uh, you, you'll find a way to do it. You'll find out how to get the best equipment, and you'll figure out your timing and all of that. So I understand that you have um, been a, a success story in terms of switching to a, a raw vegan diet and then incorporating lots of juices and, and, and blended drinks. And that gives you a lot of confidence. I'm wondering what you hear from your fans. You have a Facebook page that has almost 100,000 uh, fans on it. You, you do tours all over the world. What, if, what have people told you about the, uh, the effects they've achieved from, from, from following your advice? It's been life-saving for some people. They have reversed cancer. They've reversed diabetes. They've reversed all kinds of things. You know, I'm not a doctor. We're not allowed to say, hey, do this, and you're going to get all better, and it's going to help you. I'm just telling you my results are real to me, and the results I hear from other people are real, and it's been miraculous. It's so funny that um, a lot of my friends who just got my juicing book, I've known them for a long time, and they know I juice. But they got my book, and now they read it, and all of a sudden they're calling me and saying, what juicer shall I get? What do you think is the best one? They're all of a sudden, that, in, that inspired them, and then now they're juicing. A half a dozen people just called me in the last week and said, well, "What? I, I just read your book. i got to just start juicing. I feel like if I don't, you know, that uh, I, I won't be as healthy as I could be. So it's really interesting to see what's happening. Also... You could walk down the street in Los Angeles and find seven juice bars on two streets. You know, so many people are opening up juice bars all over the country now. A friend of mine who just finished my book, he went out to buy his own juicer. He said, I, I've never gone downstairs where they have a juice bar, but I went down and bought one the other day while I'm waiting for my juicer to arrive. And he said, it was $9. I can see why you say you should really be juicing your own because it could be costly if you're doing this every day. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it's fun to get a juice when you're out somewhere. And I do that when I'm out. But if you don't juice at home, you can't really, it, 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 it's very costly to buy a juice every single day. Plus, you're not sure if you're always getting organic. And, you know, you're just better off juicing at home. Once you get into the swing of it and you figure out what you need to buy for the week and you get, it's like learning a new thing in the morning, you know, you make people who learn to cook and make themselves a breakfast, you know, it's the same thing. You learn, you have to learn how to cook eggs or toast or whatever it is. It's the same thing. Once you learn how to do it, it gets easier all the time. It's, it's a no brainer. Really. You 
drop this stuff in a hole and out comes juice, you know, that's pretty easy. I, and I also, yesterday someone asked me, I, I feel really guilty. I had an interview yesterday and they said, oh, I can't throw that pulp out. So in my book, I have some things you can do with the pulp so you're not wasting any of it. I also have just juices, smoothies, and milkshakes in the book. So you have a choice of many many avenues to fix yourself something healthy. Right. I loved, I, I came across that, um, you know, the, the pulp recipe and I, have, I haven't tried it yet, but it reminds me, when I first got the juicer, and I think I think it might even have been a juicer before that. It might have been sort of a cheap um, centrifugal mm-hmm. juicer that mm-hmm. I kept having to pull out and clean. But you know, it, it bothered me that, that there was all this waste, and so right. I, so, so I, you know, there there was no recipes then. This was probably before the internet, you know, mid nineties, mm-hmm. and so I didn't know what right. to do with it. So I so I tried to make you know I think it was like mostly carrot juice, and I tried to make a carrot uh-huh. cake from the pulp. Uh-huh. And I, you know, I'm, I'm still a little bit famous in my family for I think we call it compost cake. <laughs> so yeah, composting is good. Well, you know, once you, well, you know, everybody's concerned that they're wasting something. But if you feel if you have a good juicer and you feel the pulp, it's very dry. And if you taste it, it really a lot of the t- taste is gone because you've really squeezed out all the vitamins. All that's left is the roughage. So you're using it as a base for something. I mean, I've put salad dressing on and eaten it sometimes. You know, if I've got apple in there, it's really sweet. I put some dressing. Sometimes I mix it in my salad. But I make burgers. I make dog biscuits for my grand dog. Um, I, and you can freeze the pulp until you're ready to use it. You can put it in a Ziploc bag and freeze it until you get enough pulp to make the crackers or dog biscuits. And um, it's it's a wonderful way to use it. And I never feel it's wasted if I throw it in my compost because it gives me a lovely garden. It's a wonderful thing to have for, uh, you know, if you have a nice garden, uh, nothing like your own compost. So, And that's what a lot of people like to um, blend. They like to make a blended green drink because they feel they're getting all the fiber that way and getting all the, uh, that's all they're getting. The nutrients are very good. And here's why I like juicing for myself. I do make smoothies. But I like juicing because it's pre-digested. That means there's nothing for your body to digest. It just goes to all the right places without your stomach having to work. It gives it a rest. And that's why they have juice cleanses and not smoothie cleanses because that's what you want to do. It helps detoxify your body and gives your body a rest from, from trying to digest. So I like the juicing personally. And, uh, and like I said, I do make smoothies. I treat them more like a... Uh, you know, like a treat sometimes with coconut water and more berries I put in there. And sometimes I juice and throw it in the blender and add berries and superfoods, you know, some more dark powdered greens or some maca or some of the superfoods on the market. So I juice and then throw it in and just add those things. Uh-huh. It's quite, it's quite, um, it's very addictive once you're juicing and you get enough dark leafy greens, you just want the next morning you wake up and you want more. And I try to drink a couple juices a day. That's my choice. When I'm home, I can do that. When I'm now out traveling, it's not always so easy. But uh, that's the one thing I, I have to have no matter where I am today is to have my juice every day. Uh-huh. So do you travel with a juicer? I don't. I tried that before. It's just too much. I even tried the smaller juicers. Um, it wasn't it wasn't before. I heard the Nutribullet's good. That's a blender. But I haven't. I don't. Um, I've tried those and those are good, but no, actually I'm going away for a while and I'm going to be uh, using someone's juicer while I'm away because I'll have an apartment and I'll be working out of there. Um, 
so I don't carry a juicer with me. Uh, if I'm traveling and I know I can't get a juicer, I get uh, spirulina powder or some green powder, and then I have a little a little battery-operated mixer, and I put that into a juice that I get wherever I can get something. So I've learned to travel and still get my juices in somehow, or my greens, so to speak. And I eat a lot of salads every day, too, so I'm getting a lot of roughage. I'm not so worried about that. Um, I think I get enough. All I know is what, I, what I'm doing is working. And, again, at my age of 76, I feel very, very young until I see my reflection in the mirror, and then I realize, who is that? You know, but if I got rid of all the mirrors in the house, I think I was like 25 or something. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, see, so earlier you mentioned that one of the disadvantages of buying juice outside your home is you, you're not sure what the quality of the produce is. Is it organic or not? What would you say to someone who who lives somewhere, you know, not in L.A., not in San Diego, not near a, a cosmopolitan area or a bunch of organic farms where they're going to go to the supermarket and they're lucky if there's one or two bits of organic produce? Should they avoid juicing should they move somewhere else or is it okay to juice um with well i don't conventional I, I, yeah I, a lot, some people say you you can but if you're buying apples you should peel them if you're getting cucumbers you should peel them uh just scrubbing is not enough you really need to take off the outer layer there are some foods that you can uh have that are okay if they're not organic but the dark leafy greens should all be organic. Berries should definitely be organic. The Environmental Working Group, EWG, if you look that up uh, on the Internet, they have a list of what they call the dirty dozen, and that means you shouldn't buy those things unless they are organic. And I've, I've, I'm finding that even places that didn't have um, a lot of organic, people are looking for farms, and they're finding it. It is becoming more mainstream. Even Costco has organic things. You can buy frozen, and frozen sometimes is better than buying conventional. So I, I only juice, if, if I can't get something that's organic for myself, I don't juice it. I only juice organic. I just don't want that, con, uh, that amount of chemicals in my body. Gotcha. I, I really do think they're heavy, and I also think that gen, gen, genetically modified foods are not for me either. So in my book, I, ha, I show the barcodes to tell you what you're getting. If you're getting conventional, if you don't know what that is, if you don't know the numbers for organic, they always start with a nine. Uh, you know, the GMOs, they don't always mark those things, but if all your apples look the same, more than likely they're starting to GMO those. Um, so I, I have my particular way. I'm, I've been doing this for a long time, so I'm very particular. I just would like to see people start the best they can and, and move into doing better each time. But people should do the best that they can, try to get the best uh, produce that they can, try to find a, a, a farm stand somewhere that doesn't spray. It might not be organic, but at least they don't spray on the outside of the fruit. But, you know, the soil gets depleted when there's chemicals in it. So we're not getting the nutrients as much as we are if we eat organic, where the soil, soil is amazing. You know, it's got so many nutrients in that soil. That's how these plants could grow. But once you start putting chemicals in there, it definitely destroys some of the nutrients in the plant. So I'm, a, I'm an organic girl. And the other thing about um, what I think is a good idea, if people really can't get anything and they are isolated, is you can sprout. And those sprouted greens you can use inside your juices. And those are fantastic. They're all protein and they're very healthy. And you can grow them on your counter of your sink without having any sunlight. 
You can grow microgreens and all kinds of sprouts, and you can throw those into your juices, and that will give you a lot of nutrients. And uh, and then you know it's organic and it's clean. You know, you, you can sprout them and you can grow microgreens in some clean soil. So you could just do that on, in your kitchen. Awesome. Um, so one one of the things I've noticed when, in my own attempts to add juicing to my diet is th- there's in terms of foods, if I if I add a certain food, that means I'm naturally subtracting something else. It's like an eat this, not that. So if I, mm-hmm. you know, for people who want to, um, you know, they add tofu, they often remove meat or fish. And mm-hmm. or if they, you know, they add beans, they're going to remove something mm-hmm. else. But the, the thing with juicing is that it doesn't just replace it in your diet, it replaces it in your fridge. The, the times that I've tried to, let's say I'm going to do a week of juicing and I'll go to the store and I'll buy all this stuff. Then I find there's no room for it unless I clean out the fridge. It's almost like it's, right. when you get seriously into it, it's incompatible with other other ways of eating. Well, you know, it's, if, you're, if you're eating um, natural foods, you're buying real foods and you're not buying packaged foods, which I would recommend nobody eat anything in a package, a, back, a box, a bag, a can, because it's got so much uh, chemicals and fake stuff in there. It's not good for your body. It breaks it down, breaks your cells down. So I say give all that up. So then, then you're having all fresh things. So you're using your refrigerator a lot for all your vegetables. But the way I package mine when I get home, it's really saving a lot of space. I wrap everything in paper towels. I'll either put them in some tub or into a, back into a plastic bag that I turn inside out. And, and I store that flat in my refrigerator. And I buy for the week. And you might have to buy for less days if you don't have a large refrigerator. You might have to buy every three days, every four days, depending on what works for you. But Again, a commitment to your health means a lot of things, and there are changes. And you just have to move as slowly as you can without getting so frustrated trying to do everything at once so you just give it all up. Just do what's realistic for you. If having a small juice every day, an 8-ounce instead of a 16-ounce works for you, have that. And then keep moving to a better place. Have a juice for for your first meal of the day. You know, eat some fruit for lunch. Um, eat a salad uh, if you're out working, eat a salad for your lunch. Have um, have a uh, fruit for just uh, a mid meal. I mean, and then eat your salad. So move at your own pace. If you try to do it all overnight, most people don't make it. It gets too difficult. So you have to introduce yourself to new ways of cooking, like you say, replacing something good with something bad, and just learn. You know, one one or two meals like that a week, every couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, those will become the habitual food you eat and you'll, you'll drop off the other foods. So it is a process. It's not an overnight thing for most people. It was for me because I was trying to get rid of, you know, high blood pressure and high cholesterol and arthritis. You know, so to me, I, I was like at my age, hey, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to do this slowly. I'm going to jump in, you know, and get this going fast. And I think the older you are, the more rigid you could be in, in trying to move faster. But uh, I do tell people all the time, don't try to do it. So don't be unrealistic about it. So if, you, if you're if you worried you're filling up your refrigerator, then buy less and, uh, you know, juice for three days at a time. You know, juice, buy enough for three days juice. Mm-hmm. So have you found that a lot of people have come to you after watching uh, Joe Cross's uh, documentary, like Fat, Sick, and, and Nearly Dead? Um, and they, and they want to just immediately jump in and do like 60 days of nothing but juice. 
Yeah, I consult a lot of people. I do Skype consultations, so I consult a lot of people. And some people can do that kind of thing if they're, um, you know, if they have an illness like he did to overcome. And I always recommend his film. I think it's amazing. And he has a huge following. He's just an amazing guy. He just did his second his second film. And he slipped back a little bit in his second film. You can see because he's eating um, he's eating a lot of regular foods and you can't just juice and then go back to eating regular foods. You have to change that diet. And I think he did somewhat and he's still doing great, but he had to overcome a bunch of stuff from that first juicing that he did because, you know, you can't just live on juice alone. You really do need to eat foods and juice. Uh, that's a balanced diet. When you're eating well and you're eating a plant-based diet, which I recommend highly, a plant-based diet, even if, even if some of it's cooked, a plant-based diet and juicing together, I think it's an amazing way to eat. And um, he, he went back to eating other things. And I think you can see in the second film that there was some, he was working on it again. And so was that wonderful trucker. He'd gained back a bunch of weight. Uh, it just broke my heart when I saw that, thinking how hard he worked. But now he's back on it again. He learned from it. And so he's back on juicing again and trying to get himself back together. Mm. So it, does, it is a process. It's a process. And it, what, what makes someone make a commitment to themselves to change their life and their health? And, and changing your food, your diet, helps you change it in a lot of other ways in the world. Like, you know, uh, you become very positive about making all your dreams come true and being positive about life and creating what you want, making your own luck, so to speak. Uh, when you feel good, you're able to do that. When you don't feel good and you're a little slouchy, you, you don't want to do anything like that. Your mind can't even get to positive thinking. So people who have illnesses, it's so much harder for them to overcome that. So preventative, of course, is best. And, and then once you make this commitment to yourself to get rid of whatever you have, you, it changes everything in your life. And not only you, but everyone around you. And all the people that contact me, they say, oh, my God, now all my friends are doing it. Or my kids are now into it. So when you change, people see that. And then all of a sudden they start asking you, what, what are you doing? Because I want to do that, too. So it's, it's definitely grown so much. This juicing thing has grown so much. It makes me very happy. I know a guy who started the first juicing bar in California. He's really one of the forefronts of this. It's 1974 or 5, whatever it was, in there. He opened a place called Beverly Hills Juice Club. He's still going strong. He, I've known him since I'm 19 years old, and he's excited about all these other juice places. He, he goes out, he still goes out and shops for all his own produce, so he buys organic. He has a teeny little shop, um, and um, people wait in line to come in, and he's happy about all the competition. He doesn't think of it that way. It's, it's like not a good thing. He thinks it's great because he's really into getting people healthy, and uh, it's not just a business for him. A lot of people have opened up juice bars just for the business end of it because it does make good money, but... There are others who have opened it up who are just, you know, passionate about it, and they want people to be healthy. And I know those people, and I know the people who are open to do, you know, for business, and I know people who have opened it because they're just passionate about it. So it's, it's great that it's happening. It's all over the news. You always see in the magazines, you know, on, look on the stand, and you'll see juice cleanses or, you know, juicing. It's just it's in the mainstream today. It's very interesting. And I was on Dr. Oz recently, and um, I, I, uh, I was showing um, what I eat during the day and what I put in my juices. So that was really great to have that happen. That was pretty fun. Ah. Well, what was the, uh, 
Dr. Oz's and the studio audience response? Well, the segment was, which they always do, I've been on three national television shows, and the segment is always, guess this woman's age. <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of like getting annoying because, you know, I have lines on my face. I'm not, I don't look like I'm 20, but I, I'm tired of people just thinking that just because you look good, that that's all there is. And I kept saying, you know, it's your, it's, it's being healthy, but it's your spirit. It's about the way you you handle yourself. It's about the way you think about life. It's a positive attitude. So I don't, you know, people guess my age, of course, younger, and they were just shocked when they found out how old I was, which they usually are. People are very surprised when they find out my age. And, um, and you know, and he's very much into thinking people should eat healthy. And I said a couple times that, you know, I think it's just your spirit. He said, yes, but you look good for your age, too. So, you know, of course, we all want to look good. And yes, I do look good uh, for my age. Um, but I don't like to I don't like to talk so much about the age as I do about um, being timeless. Basically, I think that's what we all want to do is be timeless. Age should, You shouldn't wake up thinking, oh, I'm 50. I'm, you know, that's why I hurt. That's why my body hurts or I'm. 60. That's what I expect to feel this way. I don't think you should expect to feel that way. I think you should expect the best. Right. Well, and, what, uh, and I find when when we eat well, it's it's like we can. Uh, it's the difference between sort of copying a digital file and making a photocopy. That if you, right, if, you exactly. if you make a photocopy ten times and you keep photocopying the photocopy, it loses quality. But a digital file can can be maintained. So you really are. You know, what we think of as aging, more and more science is showing that it's it's not aging, it's self-abuse. Yeah, well, it's the cells that are deteriorating. It's like you, like you say, every time those cells go to regenerate, if you have used the copy, a carbon copy, and you keep abusing yourself, they start to degenerate. And it, it is like running a copy of your, a photocopy of something and then running it 10 times. And then that's what happens to your cells. All of a sudden, when they're down and the telomeres, which is this little thing on top of your cells, when those go, that's when the free radicals start to attack. That's when you can get cancer and other diseases. And yes, people who are older will show, you know, their, their cells have been around much longer and there's deterioration. So yes, you can say aging does that. But if you take care of those cells, you can slow down that process that aging of your cells, and that's what you want to keep healthy. So it isn't because you're, you're aging, because it's just the number, it's because you're not taking care of yourself. That's my, my theory on this, and I've been, I'm seeing it everywhere now with people who live to be over 100, that they eat mostly a plant-based diet, they, uh, they exercise every day, uh, they have a good attitude about life, uh, they have their own gardens, they have a lot of friends, they keep themselves occupied, they just have a good attitude about getting older, you know, and that keeps them younger. They're out there 102 chopping their own wood. They're still riding bicycles. I saw in the paper that an 89-year-old woman is still riding motorcycles. You know, I mean, if they're running a 100-year-old person ran a marathon. I mean, it can be done. You have to pay attention to it, but you can do it. You can do it. We don't have to age like we thought before. We don't have to accept everything that we saw in our grandparents and our parents. Right. Now, so a lot of people I know who want to be healthy, but, you know, are busy, uh, may not have as much money as they want, have a lot of obligations. They, they have to kind of um, negotiate life and figure out what their priorities are. But there's a lot of people, and I think you know some or many of them, um, you know, sort of Hollywood stars and, and bigwigs who 
have everything at their disposal. They have the finest healthcare, the best insurance, all the money they could want, a staff of people. A lot of those people are juicing. In, in, in your book on page 14, you list a very impressive list of, you know, superstars. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot more than what I had listed. Um, I searched to find out who, who these who was doing it, and I'm sure there's more people added to that list because especially uh, women really understand that this makes such a big difference. They, they go on juice cleanses. They drink juice all the time. They eat lots of raw foods, I think, because they're in the public eye. And, um, you know, people are looking at them, and they get their jobs based on sometimes how they look. Um, as you notice that, you know, as women get older, they don't get as many jobs. We have a few of the standby that always work and win awards and so forth. But, you know, it's always the younger women coming up. But I think people who are intelligent really understand that you have to eat right. And, and I watch people in the market. You know, they don't they don't. It's there for everybody to find out what we could do to be healthy. But some people, like you say, are so bogged down in their life and just being able to feed their family, they just say, let's buy the big bag of chips because that will go further than three pairs or something. You know, I've watched people in the market shop. They throw in cheap food um, just so they could feed their family. But I think in the long run, they're doing damage. And I think you want to eat more when you're eating junk food. Uh, it's addictive. And I think when you're eating fresh food, you actually – Yes, it probably costs more if you're buying organic. There's no doubt about it. But I think that you get more nutrients and you don't end up eating as much as you do when you're eating that junk food, which is making you sick and causing diabetes very young for people. But I think people in the film industry are very smart. And, uh, you know, I I find out every day more people that are doing this are juicing. And uh, I'm happy to hear that. I think they... they, uh, they know that it's good for you. That's why they're doing it. Right. Because so, so something I've, I've noticed and have been bothered by for a while is that in movies, the person who eats healthy, that is sort of a, a narrative shorthand for a whole host of neuroses. So if you see that there's a character who's always ordering a salad or who's vegan mm-hmm. or who's fussy about their food, you know, sort of by... They have, that's something they have to overcome. By the end of the movie, they're going to be, you know, eating a cheeseburger, which will, you know, um, imply, you know, they, they've come, they've come to some peace, and they're they're uh, <laughs> happy about their life, and they're and they're energetic and fulfilled. Whereas before, they were in denial. The you you you, you know people in uh, in Hollywood and in in the movie business, right? They they don't actually oh, yeah. they don't actually. Like, how do they eat to look so... How do, how do the people that we want to look like actually take care of themselves? Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, first of all, I think it's hilarious that they make so much fun of healthy eating in so many movies. It's really a joke. You know, they say vegan or vegetarian. There are a lot of movies that use that as a joke. And those are usually the people who are actually eating that way and find it funny because people always tease them. So it is a good... It is a good joke, you know, for people to do that in movies. But I think people who look well take care of themselves. And, and, and you know, you can say it's money. Oh, yeah, well, they can get massages. They can, you know, they got people to do everything. They're not working as hard. I mean, it's interesting. I've had people make comments uh, about me like, oh, yeah, well, when, you, when you've got money, you've got a good life. Look, I was raised in a very poor family. And, I mean, uh, poor. And, you know, we ate normal food. We ate what everybody else ate. My mother made a lot of fresh vegetables, though. And then when Frozen came in, she thought that was an amazing thing. And then she started fixing us frozen food and little TV dinners, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn about nutrition until much later. 
but I nothing was ever handed to me. I was widowed at 29, and I have four kids. I raised my kids myself. I've always worked. You know, I've had a very good life, and it's my attitude, I think, that's brought all that to me. I think when you have a good attitude, it's like a magnet. If you complain and you're not grateful and you look at life as like, oh, well, this is, I don't have anything, I'm struggling, you actually bring more of that to you. I know it's hard for people in that place to realize, but I know, um, you know, I started to meditate when I was 30 after I lost my husband. And that's when I started thinking that I could create whatever I want in my life. I could visualize and it was okay to want things. It wasn't a bad thing to have stuff or to make money or to, you know, whatever. I started thinking differently than I ever did before. And my life is the way it is because I created that. I really feel I'm very blessed, but I have a very positive attitude. And I give back in what I do because I think this new career, so to speak, that I have is mainly to help other people. I feel like I'm uh, I'm going before other people. But if you keep complaining and you look at everything in the dark side, that's what it will be. And I think you can t- bring yourself out of out of lots of things if you can get your mental powers to work for you. And uh and if you think positive and you stop yourself from giving yourself negative talk, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm poor or I'm overweight or don't say those things. You just have to tell yourself you love yourself and that everything is possible. And I think when people can do that, they start to take better care of themselves. And I think a lot of women who are, um, you know, really caregivers and, and um, always feel they're the ones who have to sacrifice to do stuff for their family. I think that's coming around now that more women are realizing that. They're only good if they really take care of themselves, and you have to put yourself in that place. It's not selfish. It's good for your family. It's good for everything if you can take good care of yourself. So, you know, we all have seen teenagers overweight, and we've seen people shopping at the market overweight, putting all this junk in their basket, feeding their kids that kind of food. And here you're feeding the people you love the worst food possible. So if you love yourself, you'll feed yourself good food. If you love your children, you'll make sure you give them good food. You won't be feeding them the junk food. And not to say that you can't treat yourself to something. If you sit down to a meal and you know it's not a healthy meal, you should put all the passion, all the love you can into eating it. You might as well enjoy it if you've made the decision to eat it. Mm. Don't give it negative energy or feel guilty later. If you have a glass of wine or you eat some chocolate or whatever you want to do that's your guilty pleasure, take the guilt out of it. And enjoy it and nourish it. And it has a different effect on your body. It's only the, the stuff, the energy we put on it that makes it so bad. So, you know, I, I believe in eating healthy and feeding your cells and giving them all the nourishment. I also believe people that need to have a treat should have whatever that is for themselves. And they should sit down and take their time and just savor it and enjoy it. And I think that life starts to change when you savor everything. You don't make good or bad. Mm. I love that attitude. And, you know, I'm, I'm no publicist, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, if, if you were, you know, your age and on 12 different meds and 100 pounds overweight, that your, your book would not be very popular. Even if it was- no, it, exactly. And the only reason I'm popular is, honestly, there are a lot of people doing what I do, a lot of younger people. There are a lot of people in their 40s talking about aging already, you know, uh, how to live a long life. Well, they're 40. <laughs> you know, that's barely anything. I think that my popularity really has happened because I'm older. You know, at 69, I started doing this. So all of a sudden, I'm 70. 
right? And then all of a sudden, I'm in my 70s feeling good and looking good and full of energy. And when I go out to speak, people can tell my energy is very high. And that's what's done it because I look at the people that are 80 and in their 80s and 90s. Well, now I'm looking at since I'm 76, I'm already looking at the 90 year olds, you know, that are doing well. Mm-hmm. Those are my heroes. And so, you know, I, I think that that is exactly true. If you you can't talk about something unless you're doing it yourself. And that's why I feel so open to be able to share what I've learned. And I'll continue to do that. And honestly, I learn new things all the time. I really I focus on food that's already there. You know, I got better at exercising. I just got off the treadmill. You know, I try to do uh, I try to do exercise every day. I do most of the days. I might miss a day or two, but I uh, don't like exercise, but I do it. But I know how necessary it is. So I think that eating, exercising, and think, having good thoughts, being have a positive attitude, all those together can really make your life very wonderful. It doesn't matter how long we live, but however long it is, we want to be healthy. We want to feel good. You don't want to spend your last 20 years sick or in a senior home where you can barely get around and all you can see yourself is deteriorate. So I don't feel like I'm getting worse as I get older. I feel like I'm getting better. This is what's amazing where I should be maybe not feeling as good. I'm actually feeling better all the time. So I have a question because I remember in our last conversation, you you said the same thing that you you believe in exercise, but you don't really care for it and you find it a challenge to, to do it consistently. There's a photo in the book of a garden, and you mentioned that you garden. Was, is that your garden in the book with the, yes. the cabbage and it looks like carrots in the foreground? So, um, No, that's my friend's garden up in Pennsylvania. I think that's probably the picture you're looking at. Okay. Um, I have a very small garden. He has a huge, huge garden, but I have, I have a smaller garden. Um, I have a kind of a one raised bed. It's a four by eight, but I could grow a lot of stuff in there. Mm. Mostly because I live in California, I have uh, some fruit trees, uh, lemons and oranges and uh, limes, and I have tons of cactus <laughs> and uh, and a very small garden, but we're very lucky. Close to us, we have an organic farm stand less than five minutes away. So even though I grow kale and mint and spinach and tomatoes and stuff like that, I buy a lot of my stuff at our, our local uh, farm stand. Uh-huh. Because I was asking, because I find that I have the same thing. I, it doesn't really thrill me to go out for a run or to, or to work out in the living room. But when, when it's time to work the garden, I'll, I have to pace myself. I'll, you know, if uh-huh. my wife doesn't call me in, you know, I'll spend six hours hauling compost and setting beds and digging things. And then I'm ruined for two days. There's, there's something about <laughs> gardening that, that, that even a non, you know, someone who doesn't like just sort of working out, uh, uh-huh. that I just, I just find that. Um, That's a great way to do it. Anything natural you can do. I mean, most people sit all day, as you know, at their desk and they sit for hours. They don't even get up. And then they'll get up and have lunch and go back and sit for the rest of the day. That's how most people spend their time. So, you know, you need to get up every 15 minutes. Like even when I fly, I make sure that unless I'm sleeping on the plane, I make sure I get up and walk around. You need to keep moving your body and you need to get up and down in your chair. Even if you're sitting at your desk and you don't go for a walk, you should be using your quads and lifting yourself up without holding on to the sides. You should keep your your legs and your core very strong. And you've got to find places like even when I'm waiting in the kitchen for something, you know, to cook or whatever I'm doing, the blender's on, I'll do push-ups against the sink, you know. Mm. So I think you've got to figure out wherever you can lift a leg and balance yourself, you know, try to stand on one foot and then go on the other foot. Just make it a conscious 
effort all the time to be doing something. And there's isometrics you can be doing. But you need to keep that core of your body and your legs very strong because I think when people get older, they lose muscle mass. And so and that's, that's inevitable that that will happen unless you really work out and walk every day. You don't have to overdo it. You don't have to go to the gym really and pump iron. But you need to get exercise every day. You need some strength exercise. I lift my grocery bags myself. You need some leg exercise. I walk every day. So, you know, you you have to have something and find something you like. I mean, that's like you like the gardening. If everyone could find something they like that will give them exercise and especially keeping them outdoors. My God, that's like the best thing ever is you can be outdoors working out. That's so healthy in nature. That gives you a lot of energy right there. And, um, you know, yeah, it's okay to be sore from working out like that, being in the garden, and then it wears you out. I understand that. You're using muscles you normally don't use. So it isn't like you're working six hours in the garden every day. You might go out a couple times a week. So you're at least getting some some of those muscles moving around. Right. I know some people love exercise. I just, I'm one person who happens not to. Yeah. (laughs) I do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think about that when I'm when I'm working really hard, and I think you know, for for most of human history, at least in you know sort of northern climates, people had to work that hard for much of the year just to get enough calories to live. Right, and, and exactly. that we, we've got all these calories coming in that we didn't have to work for. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely, that's true. Well, I I find when you're eating raw food, you're you're uh, you know, your body just knows when it's time to eat and how much to eat. And uh, I think you do better um, being able to judge that. When I travel now, sometimes I eat cooked vegetables because I can't go to India and eat raw foods. But, you know, there are places where I will eat a cooked food as long as it's a vegan a vegan dish. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I never did. And I don't really like it that much. I could feel it sitting in my stomach. So I take digestive enzymes when I eat anything cooked, even vegetables. I just really feel much better eating raw food. It does does me much. It does much more for me, uh, energetically wise. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was reading a book um, on on radical remission of cancer and different people's mm-hmm. stories. And there, there's um, a chapter about listening to your intuition or your gut. And I guess when mm-hmm. you're when you're eating raw foods and especially unmediated nutrients like juices, it goes straight to your gut, where apparently there's enough neurons to to form a second brain. So that right. you, so that you're you're much more you can you can eat much more intuitively. I'm guessing when you don't clog the signals right. with processed food and heavily cooked things. Right, because people don't realize they eat and eat and eat, and they're full before they even realize they're full. They've eaten past their fullness, and then all of a sudden they're stuffed, and then that food just sits there in their stomach. You can't think clear. It does clog your brain. It clogs everything, and you can't be healthy that way. And eating uh, smaller amounts, of course, is much better. Uh, these, these people who live to be over 100, they say they eat in Japan. They say they eat till they're 80% full. Mm. And and we, and I've learned, my boyfriend and I always say, okay, how full are you right now? I say, oh, I'm about 82, so I'm going to stop. Or, you know, I'm 76, I have a little more to go. You kind of learn where your where your level is because you're, you slow down the eating and then you stop for a while. And then all of a sudden that food catches up and you're more full than you thought. And if you eat till you're actually full and then you have that dessert, by the time that's finished, 10 minutes, 15 minutes go by and you say, oh, my God, I can hardly move. I'm too full. So people should watch what they eat on their plate and know how much, you know, look at that plate before you eat it. Be mindful and say, boy, there's a lot of food there. Maybe I'll eat 
a portion and leave a little bit. You know, I won't eat it all. So once you become mindful, then you know how much your body can handle. Then you don't overeat. Great. So I recommend that people go get your book. It's very inspirational. And when they get it, if they haven't already adopted a, a juicing uh, regimen, there's over 200 recipes. Some people are going to be overwhelmed. Do you have a couple of juices that you'd say this? These are the starters, or or a few foods that you say just buy you know these two or three or four things and get started. Well, I think that what you should do is look through the book and read a lot of the information in there because it's really the information in there is very important to um, starting a juice uh, a way of life or a juice cleanse, even if that's what you want to do. And I have different variations of juice cleanses in there. And those are sometimes um, more simple, not as many ingredients. Uh, what that is, my book is a guideline. Those drinks are all are very delicious. Everybody has their own taste buds. They might want more of this or less of this. They might have things in their refrigerator they just want to use. Um, sometimes when you do that, you end up with not a drink that's not so tasty. It should taste delicious. So this is a guideline for people. And I think the best thing to do is to look through the book and say, oh, this one looks good. I'll, I'm going to try that because I love beets or I love carrots or I love, you know, strawberries or whatever it is, look through and see something that appeals to you. And, you know, if you don't have one of the ingredients, it's okay to leave it off and put something else in. try something else. Don't be stuck with it. Just figure it out. Like I like, and I also, one of the things that's very good is I also talk about the base of a juice, like, you know, greens give you very little juice. You can do three cups of spinach and you have like a, you know, a half an inch of juice, <laughs> you know, it doesn't get, it doesn't yield very much. But I show in the book those things that yield a lot. So you celery and cucumbers are very watery. They they yield a lot. An apple will. You want to have sixty percent greens and maybe forty fruit or more greens if you could. The more greens, the better. So it shows you how to have a base for a juice in case you wanted to make your own. So that's in the book. If you want to create your own juice, it, it breaks it down how much juice you're going to get from something. So I think it's a very easy book to use. People have really liked it and thought the recipes are really good. And people who haven't juiced bought the book and emailed me and told me that, you know, it was so easy for them to start juicing. And they're really, you know, happy. They're really hooked already after a week. Awesome. Well, so t tomorrow you go off on a, uh, a, a European tour? Yes. Uh-huh. We go to Prague and Germany and Mallorca and Spain and uh, maybe a couple other places, depending on how much time we want to travel out from there. But we'll be based out of Spain and Mallorca for uh, the next few months and then working from there. Uh, do you find we've had a lot of I've had a lot of offers, but I don't want to take them all up. I don't want to be traveling uh, out from there too much. Mm. Do Do you find that uh, the the juicing culture is different in in Europe than the U.S.? Maybe it's New, new, newer there, or or more people are doing it, or it's more it's more accepted by I the find, medical profession. I find it's grown everywhere. I'm going to be in Prague for the first time, so I don't know. But in Germany, it's huge. People are eating raw foods, they're eating healthy, they're juicing. You can find juice places around. Very, very big on health. I would have never thought that before I went to Germany, but it's you know it's become very, very popular all over the world. And, and people are more aware of eating healthy foods in other countries than they are here because they will not allow, the government doesn't allow some of the foods that we, some of the chemicals that are used in our food, they won't allow that in the countries. So what happens is the manufacturers who export to the countries, they take off that, whatever that is, a, 
you know, MSG or something, whatever that chemical is that isn't allowed in another country, they take it out and give them the good stuff and we still get the junk. So, so people in the other countries are a lot more particular sometimes than we are. You know, we don't demand as much. Uh, they're demanding not to have GMO foods and things like that. So I find a huge, I have a huge following in Germany. In fact, everywhere I go, the last time I was there, there were a thousand people in one of my talks. And so actually a thousand people and uh, then more the next day. And, you know, uh, people are conscious all over the world about food. It's definitely spread everywhere. And uh, you know, we're all, we all have a human body. We all have to look at the same things, you know. We have to be aware of taking care of ourselves and uh, and doing the best we can to give ourselves nutrients and eat well. I don't miss anything. I don't feel like I'm. I, I sit at a table and people are eating onto food. Doesn't interest me at all because my food usually is so tasty and good. Even if I ask them to fix me a plate of raw vegetables, I go somewhere. It's usually fantastic. And I do eat inorganic when I'm traveling because I can't always get it. And I know I am eating it, and I just. Send it love. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just send that plate of food love, you know. <laughs> so awesome. Well, so Mimi Kirk, the book is called The Ultimate Book of Modern Juicing. Um, y- your website is still uh, youngonrawfood.com? Yes, yes. And, and then my. And you have uh, a, an active Facebook page, right? Yes, I have a couple of Facebook pages that are full, but my fan page says Mimi Kirk Author, if you go on the search, and uh, that's where I post a lot of things and recipes, and I'll be doing a YouTube series starting soon. I'm going to be doing that from Europe uh, on the juicing book, so you'll be able to see me on, I have a lot of YouTube videos now, but I'm going to start a juicing series of juices from the book and uh, explain more about juicing in the series. So look forward to that. You can you can um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Mimi Kirk and you subscribe and it'll let you know when new videos come up. Terrific. Well, Mimi, thanks so much for Thank being, being a repeat guest. Thank you. It was a pleasure guest. talking to you again. Yeah. We'll have, talk in another year. <laughs> have, have a great trip and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you pictures thanks. of my juices because I'm quite inspired right now. Oh, good. Oh, great. I'm so glad. All right. Nice talking to you. You too. Be well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mimi Kirk, and I hope you found her as inspiring as I do. Upcoming shows. Next week, I'm talking with Susan Pierce Thompson about bright line eating and how anyone can become happy, thin, and free, even if you consider yourself addicted to food, a binge eater, um, a problem eater. Uh, She is a student of the brain and of the neurobiology of addiction and food addiction, and a former uh, junkie of many substances, uh, food, um, crack, cocaine included. So it's a real interesting discussion about how you or people you know can break their food addictions and live not just happy and thin, but most importantly, free. The following week, we're taking a larger view of food. And we're talking to Ben Chesler, who has just started a company called Imperfect that is trying to end food waste by taking the 20% of perfectly good produce that gets thrown away because it's not cosmetically up to the standards of supermarkets and redistributing that into communities that could use it. So those are the upcoming shows. Following that, um, shows number 99 and 100. I'll keep those under my belt for now until they're in the can. And I wish all of you a happy continuing spring or fall if you're down under anywhere. And as always, be well, my friends.